The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. You know, the things I've seen, I saw things no little boy should ever be exposed to with my mom. Growing up in a destructive environment left evangelist Greg Laurie skeptical of Christianity until he met Jesus. Now, as he grieves the loss of his son, Greg could not imagine walking through this tragedy without Jesus. To me, it's not, oh, I would go through it again. I would, if I could rewrite history, this would never have happened to me. But it did happen to me. Next on Life Today. folks all the way from California. We came over here to be with a pastor from California. Greg Laurie's with us. I'm James Robinson. My wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. Riverside, uh, California, Harvest Church. And, uh, you know, I've watched Greg uh, do the incredible conferences and crusades in the stadiums. And, and it just thrills me to see how people respond not only to the joy of worshiping the Lord and expressing their relationship with God, the way they sing and Praise God for the reality of that relationship, so much more than religion. And then Greg comes and communicates in such an incredible way that people want to know the life that they're seeing in the, those on the platform who are worshiping God, those around them, and what they hear from Greg. And he is our guest. Would you welcome Greg Laurent to life today? Greg, good to see you. You are, you are coming to the little uh, stadium that uh, the Cowboys... <laughs> yes. The Cowboys attempt to play football there. Yeah. In fact, they've done a little better. It's, we want to see it keep going. Yeah. And you will actually be uh, in the stadium during the uh, football season. So we yeah. want you to understand you're coming from California. Yes. But you bring great concern for the Cowboys when you come over here to preach. Okay. We don't want any of this getting people in California getting through better than we get through here. Do you understand? Okay. Right, gotcha. If you come in to do a crusade in our stadium, yes. you're going to help the Cowboys a little bit? Yes, we're going to do what we can. <laughs> but, uh, you know, our, we're kind of, AT&T Stadium is, I was just there today, and I've never seen a stadium like it before. It's stated <laughs> the art. I, I think it they is. spent a billion dollars on it or something like that. The biggest video screen I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And it's just fantastic. And you know, when you drive up to it, it looks like some kind of a spaceship or something. <laughs> well, it does. But when you get inside, and I was there with about 450 pastors from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I just thought, you know, I can see this. I can see this place filled. And best of all, you know, seeing it filled with people hearing the gospel and making a commitment to Christ. And, you know, though it is for the Dallas-Fort Worth area and really for Texas in general, this is an event we do called Harvest America that's really for the whole country. Right. Because it's simulcast, not just on television and radio, but we have this HD video signal we send out, sort of a dedicated high-quality signal that's taken down in churches, uh, People will take it and show it in theaters. They'll show it in auditoriums, even the front room. And while we're doing the event live in the stadium, people are watching it in these places. And as I call people to Christ, as you have over the years, James, in, in your outreaches, as I call them to Christ in the stadium, we're calling them to Christ wherever they are, right there in the moment, saying, this is your moment to believe in Jesus. And I think that 
That's really what is so needed right now is just direct evangelism, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will have sort of the false dichotomy and say, well, I'm into personal evangelism, not into mass evangelism. Well, God's into both. Sure. And the fact is all those people that will be in that stadium were largely brought because of a personal relationship that someone had sure. with them. Exactly. And they said, please come with me to this event. You know, and I, I, they do the heavy lifting and then I'm just a messenger boy. I do, I'm a paper boy. I just, you know, deliver the good news and leave the results in the hands of God. But I feel that people are hungry spiritually, maybe more today than ever. And they respond because the gospel is true. Well, I want everyone to start praying for the crusade in November. Start praying now. Start planning to bring someone. So if you've never seen it, it's worth the trip to go and see. It is a spectacular place. But to be there where people are praying and caring about others and sharing, you can see the miracle totally transform lives. I, I want to actually touch on your own story a little bit. Let me just show you this. Here's Lost Boy. This is the biography of, of Greg Laurie. This is a book that I'm actually, I, I want to offer it to you today. It's called Hope for Hurting Hearts. And, and, and Greg, we're going to touch on this in a few minutes. And I actually want you to speak to me and Betty. Uh, Betty and I lost a daughter, as you know, two years ago. He lost a son over seven years ago. And, and so we've been on this journey that, that this is, this is the, the loss you just don't expect. It's, it's totally not the norm at all. So I want you to talk to us about that. But your, your life story, so I, I'm a fatherless kid. Uh, I'm a product of what you call an illegitimate birth. My mother was raped. You actually say in your story, you were what is called an illegitimate birth. Yeah. So we've started up. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, my mom is, you can, if you let me see a book for a second, James. This is my mother on the cover of this book. My mom was sort of a dead ringer for Marilyn Monroe. She's beautiful. She's married and divorced seven times. She had a lot of husbands, uh, a lot of boyfriends in between. She was a raging alcoholic. And so I went along for the ride. And in some ways, I was almost like the parent and the relationship more than the child because she would get drunk every night and pass out. So I had to care for her and take care of her. So in this tumultuous lifestyle, it got me searching for meaning in my life very early on, where, you know, at 15 years old, I'm just like, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Because the adult world I was exposed to was so messed up. Mm -hmm. I just thought there has to be more than the life they're living. Then ironically, though I saw the emptiness of their life and drinking and all that, I got into the drug culture in the late 60s and I got into drinking myself. But that was sort of a short-lived little time and I just thought, this can't be it. So for me, it was like process of elimination. It's not here, it's not here, where is it? Well, thankfully, uh, on my high school campus in 1970 in Newport Beach, California, the Jesus movement was in full swing mm -hmm. and, and the kids would meet on the front lawn and have Bible studies and so one day, uh, I walked by and I just checked it out. Um, actually, to be honest, there was a cute girl I'd seen <laughs> and uh, she was talking to a friend of mine and I wanted to go and meet her and I noticed that she had one of those mysterious books with the black leather cover and the sure. ribbons and the gold pages and I went, oh no, she's a Jesus freak. What a waste of a really cute girl. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought, why would she be into something like that? Sure. It's so stupid, it's so ridiculous mm -hmm. and I was so dismissive of it but I knew nothing about it. So one day I was walking across my campus and I saw these Christians singing their songs about God. And so I decided to sort of eavesdrop on their conversation far enough away where people wouldn't think I was in the group participating. That's like social suicide, you know, to be with these people, but close enough where I could hear it. And I was kind of 
looking at her, and then I started looking around at the rest of them. And then I just tried a thought on for size I'd never considered. What if they're right? And what if God is real? And what if Jesus Christ could change my life? And they thought, well, that would never happen. I'm not the religious type. You know, the things I've seen, I saw things no little boy should ever be exposed mm -hmm. to with my mom. I thought, no, it's too cynical because of my upbringing. But I thought, but what if it's true? So I was sort of considering this, and a guy got up to speak, and I don't remember most of what he said, but he made one statement that just, boom, like a lightning bolt from heaven to my heart. He said, Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. I looked around at these kids and I thought, well, they're for him. And I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against Jesus? I always believed Jesus was there, out mm. there somewhere. I'd seen all of his movies, you know. <laughs> I loved Ben-Hur. I mean, I respected sure. Jesus, but I knew nothing of Jesus. For the first time, it occurred to me he could be known in a personal way. And so I responded to the little invitation this preacher gave. And I walked forward and I prayed. And, and I thought to myself, even as I was praying, this is not going to work for me. It will not work. But it did work because it wasn't an it. It was a him. It was God. And God will come, re reveal himself to any person that reaches out to him. And I did. And he started changing me. And so kind of fast forward a few years and then to what I'm doing now. The reason I do what I do is because of what happened to me. And I want to reach other people that maybe have that same cynicism. For me, in my day growing up, I was the exception. Most people came from intact families. I came from a divorced home. I was the exception. Today, that's the norm. That's the norm. That's the norm. That's the culture. Sad, word. but it's true. It is true. And you deliver the message effectively. I, I want to touch on something, and we're, we're moving into an area that, that's tough. You've written a book called Hope for Hurting Hearts. Mm -hmm. You understand a hurting heart. You understand a hurting heart the way no one wants to know a hurting heart. Two years ago, we lost our youngest child, our daughter. And she was a mother of three teenagers and the greatest witness throughout her life that we'd ever known. And uh, we're still going through it, Greg. Sure you are. More than two years later. Yeah. Over seven years ago, you lost a son. How old was he? 33 years old. He would, we're coming on the seventh year of it, he would be 40. And we lost our daughter when she was 40. Mm -hmm. And it's been over two years ago. All right, you're further down the road. We have gone through... And, and we don't feel condemned. We have wept. We've screamed. Mm. Uh, I'll walk by her picture sometime now and say, no, like, mm -hmm. it's not right. She should still be smiling. She should be watching her children get married. Mm. She should be seeing their children. Yes. And, and does that, did you experience that? Oh, yes. And, and, you know, and I think, James and Betty, it is important to be honest to God. You know, as you look at, the psalmist of uh, the Psalms and the honesty of the psalmist and his struggles. And I think we need to be honest with the Lord. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God why. Don't necessarily expect an answer. <laughs> because I think even if God were to reveal to the three of us, okay, I'm going to tell you why this happened. We wouldn't agree with it. We wouldn't like it. So God isn't going to tell us why. But then it comes to another question, what? Like, what am I going to do now? I'm never going to understand it. I'll never wrap my mind around it. I would have gladly, as I know you guys would have, given my life in exchange for him. My son died in an automobile accident. It was sudden. One day he was with us. The next day he wasn't. He was working at our church as a graphic designer. When I heard the news that my son had died, if words could kill you, I felt like I could literally die on the spot. It was like the air was sucked out of the room, time stood still. And 
and, and I went into in a state of shock. I collapsed on the ground. Um, but, you know, I found myself like minutes after our house immediately filled with people. I don't even know where these people came from. Everybody with words of comfort. And honestly, some of these words were not comforting at all. And I finally got away we, from everything. We every... don't need sermons at that time. No, we don't. We just don't. It's true. And you know, look at the story of Job. The best thing that Job's, com the Job's comforters did was when they just came to him and wept with him. Absolutely. The Bible says really weep true. with those Absolutely. that weep. Absolutely. Uh, my friend Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he's been here right after his terrible <laughs> loss, he and his wife. Yeah. Incredible. They lost their daughter. Mm -hmm. And he said that one of the things that really spoke to him was when someone just came to him and said, there are no words. And I think as Christians, we always want to try to explain everything, but we can't. But I think the question is what? And what I realized was, uh, what am I going to do now? Well, I don't want to waste my pain. You know, Paul says we comfort with the comfort we've been comforted with. And one thing that actually helps me, believe it or not, is helping other people. Mm -hmm. Like even to talk to you, if I can bring just a moment uh, of comfort, just a little measure of something that lifts you a bit. To me, it's not, oh, I would go through it again. I would, if I could rewrite history, this would never have happened to me. But it did happen to me. And so I want to try to say to others, you're going to get through this. It's going to be hard. It's going to take longer than you thought it would take. Uh, you're going to think you're, you're progressing, and then you'll take two steps forward and four steps back. And grief is, to me, grief is like going over the falls of a wave and you're in the white water and you don't know which way is up. And, and you know, if you have a surfboard or a boogie board, you have a little leash attached to your ankle. And what you need to do, I read this in a surfing magazine, is if you go over the falls and you're disoriented in the wave, grab the leash and pull up toward your, your buoyant device It'll always take you to the surface because sometimes people have gone down when they should go up. To me, the leash is the word of God and the surface, I get a glimpse of Jesus again. And you know, there are times when, when I will uh, be driving along and it will hit me. I'm never gonna see my son again. I'm never gonna hear his voice again. His daughters are growing up and he's not seeing that. And I'll, I'll go into this pit and I will actually start preaching to myself. I'll say, Greg, you listen to me. You are gonna see him again. He's in heaven. And he's more a part of your future than he is a part of your past. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And those words lift me because of the word of God and they're true. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make my pain go away, but it gives me that eternal perspective. And that's how you get your head above water. It's the eternal perspective that you're going to be reunited with Robin again. I'll be reunited with Christopher but it's still painful every yeah. single day. And I agree with you. It is an eternal uh, yeah. perspective. Perspe perspective about it because I think more about what it's going to be like someday to be, be with her forever, yes. you know, and all our family, all our loved ones. I became a student of heaven yeah. after this. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert on heaven, but I am a student. Yes. And I studied heaven like I'd never mm -hmm. studied it before. Naturally, you want to know more about he's it. He's there. Yeah. I feel like part yeah. of me is in heaven. You know. You know, one of Robin's uh, sons, her oldest child is Christopher. And uh, Betty and I thought about that when we, you know, looked at, at your story. Hope for hurting hearts. Here, here's the thing. Today, before we came up here, Betty is reading to me out of her journal, Greg, where she had written the Word of God from the Psalms to her own heart when it was hurting mm -hmm. as she thought about Robin. Yeah. And as she read those words, I immediately 
began to forward them to somebody I know whose heart is hurting. Yeah. I did that right then. Yeah. And so it's comforting with the comfort wherewith the wind comes. Okay. I know as you're talking, you're saying, please, Lord, let me say something that'll help Betty and James. But we're all here together saying, we want to help everybody out here. And, and listen, listen to me. If I could take your broken heart and I could heal it, I would. And I'm a mere man. Yes, I'm a dad. I'm a grandfather. Uh, and I feel pain. And I can't identify with it. I do weep with those who weep. But here's the thing. I can't fix your heart, but God can. And he's more anxious to hold your hurt and to heal your hurt and to bind up the broken heart than I could ever adequately describe or explain to you. But you can experience it right where you are. Father, please heal my hurt. Heal my heart. Tell him. He's so anxious to do it. And God, I just pray you'll download healing miraculously, supernaturally on every person who hurts right now. In Jesus' name, listen, if you'd like to have Greg's book, Hope for Hurting Hearts, we're glad to send it to you. You know, Greg, we we always tell our viewers we don't sell things on Life Today. We don't. We give things away. But what we do ask people to do is experience the joy of giving life and sharing love. And our viewers love it. We don't ever, we never have a viewer. You know, they don't look at me as James the beggar. You know, here's the beggar. They look at James who points to pain and lets us be a healing factor. And their their hearts leap with it. And that's what, would you say thanks to Greg for his testimony and his life and what he's doing? And to all of you who are watching, the crusade is in the AT&T Stadium the Cowboys Stadium, and and start not only praying, but thinking, who can I take? Mm-hmm. How many nights is it, Greg? It's one night. It's in the month of November, and you can learn more about it by going to harvestamerica.com. We'll have all the latest info on it. All right. But uh, one night, you know, it's such a big old place. Sure. That uh, we, our goal is to, you know. Just fill it up. We want to fill it up. We could win tens of thousands That's of right. people to Christ that night, literally. Yeah. I mean, you could have half the, but I don't know what's the largest number of people have ever been saved in one night. Why couldn't we just pray? Amen. Why couldn't we just, you know what? If we have so many lost people there, we can go outside and stand around the stadium and let them stay inside with that's you. Right. Literally, you say, James, that's crazy praying. No, that's not crazy praying. That's, right. that, that's hopeful praying yes. because we love people so much, we would give up anything to see you get what he that's paid right. for you to have. Don't yep. miss it. Greg, I want to show our viewers what we're doing right now mm-hmm. that literally saves people's lives mm-hmm. and we show them the love of God. I want you to watch this very closely. I think you're going to be moved by God to express the heart of God. I think you're going to be excited to do it. Watch. บ่ก็ไปชูนะวางนานชินาปุตติบ่าละทีนี้น่ะเลยนะบ่รอเห็นน่ะดีบ่แกลงกาแล้วเกดีบ่อันน่ะบ่วางน่ะบ่ดวง
planning for death. After months of escaping to safety on foot across the harsh terrain, imagine if your only option for living was to plan for dying. To face such adversity only to succumb to a lack of food is a loss that is difficult to accept. But while we cannot change the past, God has given us the power to affect the future for so many children like these. With your help, mission feeding can be a miracle of life for this mother and these children who are desperate to survive. I don't want any mother to have to continue that thing. They were eating lilies and plants. And we actually have seen many times a child not only pick up the soup that might have burned through a plastic bag that they brought to get the porridge. And when it hit the ground, they would scoop it up and eat the porridge and the dirt. But we've actually seen children who were so hungry they were eating dirt to put something in their little stomachs. Now, we can go, go on and on about how awful it is, but let me, let me tell you something. We have saved, we know for a fact, we've saved over 10 million children's lives. That, that's by count of the people overseeing in the different nations that know it happened. And that, when I say we, that's us together. So now here's what I need you to see. Where you were looking, there's 25,000 people right there in, in southern Sudan right now where all hell has kind of broken out for about the third time in the last several years. And, and we can save those 25,000. We, we've located them. But we need to give the missionaries and relief workers the food. And then we've got 400,000 organized in areas of tremendous need. And, and we want you to help us feed them. So what I'm asking you to do, please, right now, is just go to lifetoday.org, go online, or go and dial the number there and take your bank card and use it like a check. And here's what you need to understand. I mean, this may, may be hard to fathom, but it's simply the truth. And it really does work. For $30, 50 or 100 we can feed for the next several months, three, five, or 10 children. I will always ask you to reach for the highest level. If you can help us save the lives of 10 children, do it. Make that $100 gift, please do it. But whatever you give, think what it means to those three children if it's 30. Whatever it is, make the best gift that you can make. Would you do that? Go right now online, dial the number, or go lifetoday.org and make the gift. We have gifts to send you to bless you. This book will transform your thinking. It can change the church. And then becoming heirs of the kingdom. What an incredible teaching series. Please, right now, give us a chance to bless you by saving the lives of these precious children. Would you do it? Thank you for making that call, for making that gift. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. Our mission teams are in place, but your support is critically needed to replenish and distribute food supplies immediately. When you call or go online today and make a life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100, you will provide urgently needed food to three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. 
As our way of saying thank you, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. We're here in South Sudan, and I really can't believe what I'm seeing today. I've been, in, I've been doing missions work personally for over 25 years, and this is one of the worst situations I've ever seen, where these people had literally everything destroyed, and they're trying to live out here under a tree. They don't have food, but here's the good news. We have people who care, who can transport. We have a way to bring food and what these children need immediately. So please go to your phones right now, go online, whatever's easiest, and make that gift today because you will be bringing a blessing, providing food to those who desperately need it. From the depth of my heart, and Betty and I both say thank you. And uh, to Greg Laurie, we say thank you. And we wanna thank him for sharing the healing of his own hurting heart to help Betty and me and all of you. We'll gladly send you the book if you'd like to have it. Thank you for helping us give food to these precious children and their families. And Greg, I'm praying for the crusade in November. Thank you. That in that one night, it, wouldn't it be wonderful if as many people were saved in that moment as had ever been saved in a single mm. event? Yeah. Wouldn't that be glorious? Why, why would that not happen? We're, right. we're in Texas, things are bigger, and we don't have to be arrogant about it. No. We can be but broken hearted. <laughs> we can be arrogant. That's right. Maybe that's why we've been Well, no, I mean, so things long. are bigger here, and, and why, why not? I mean, why not? Why you know, not it's been said, people? attempt great things for God, expect great things Absolutely. from God. And with all these technologies we have today, why not it. leverage them all for God's glory and for the extension of his kingdom and the proclamation of the let's gospel? Get that. Let's get the eyes of the whole nation on the service from the AT&T State. Let's just see millions of people get saved. Amen. Would you say thanks to Greg and praise God for what he's doing. Thank all of you for watching. Thanks for your help. Thanks for helping us feed those kids and their families. Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. 
Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit stream.org, a news site to unite us. I want you to know that there are times when He purely smiles over you. Bible teacher Beth Moore, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.